Hi there, and welcome to the Thursday, September 22nd, 2011 edition of the Oz Daily Podcast, second day of fall. Feeling good. Got a couple of great quotes for you today, both from Mitt the Empty Suit. The man, you just let the man talk, he'll take care of himself. Here's the first. He says, I was in Iowa the other day and People suggested that we just raise taxes on corporations. I told them, corporations are people. Raising taxes on corporations is raising taxes on people. He's doubling down on corporations or people, just the way his uh, nemesis, Rick Perry, is doubling down on Social Security is a Ponzi scheme. You got to wonder. I mean, the man has a research team. The man has advisors. He has pundits. He has people that have been around the block. They know that that corporations or people stuff just doesn't ride, and the Democrats have taken him to task for it. They've run all over the poor boy, but hey, what's to know? But here's my favorite. No, really, really, really. And here, here he is, um, quoted by uh, CBS News. All right, he says, and that's the middle class, he says. It's not those in the low end. It's certainly not those in the very high end. It's the great middle class, the 80 to 90% of us in the country. This is him noting that the presidential candidate's net worth is estimated at between $190 million and $250 million, which, according to Mitt, the Git, puts him solidly in the middle of the middle class? 190 to 250 million dollars? Do the math. I mean, there's good news. Say, for example, I suddenly run into a lot of bucks. I'm betting on Obama in 2012. Who knows what? Shorting anything ugly. And suddenly I find myself worth 190 million dollars. I don't lose my middle class values or my middle class status. Mitt, they're going to get you on that one too. Better to just keep quiet. But you think Mitt isn't going to put his silver foot in his silver mouth again? Well then, political junkies, everything you know is wrong. Well, you think the GAOP would have learned from the terrible debt ceiling debacle that crippling the United States government is not really a big PR plus, but a government shutdown looms again because of the crazies in the House. The House of Representatives rejected a temporary measure to fund the government. It's a continuing resolution by a vote of 195 to 230. Almost all, if not all, of the 195 voting for the CR were Democrats, and the 230 voting against it were just all Republicans. With Congress once again unable to produce a budget on time, Democrats and Republicans must come to an agreement by September 30th to avoid a government shutdown. Now think about this, just in the middle of it. You've got the stock market tumbling because the Fed is unhappy with the way the economy's going. We'll deal with that in a little bit. What can make them more unhappy than more dysfunction from the House of Representatives? Are we going to have a government after September 30th? Well, you'll just have to wait and see. David Weigel explains the vote. He says, this CR, which intended a billion of FEMA funding, also included one and a half billion of cuts to an efficient vehicle program the Democrats supported. So the way they were going to pay for all those disasters was to make a further disaster out of the automobile efficiency and safety program. Now there's good thinking. 
When Majority Leader Eric Cantor was asked if FEMA funds would be tied to cuts, he implied that yes, they would be, then rejected the notion that he would hold anything hostage when relief was on the line. Mm -hmm. The immediate request turned out to be $500 million. Instead of setting up a vote on this, the GOP put a package together. There would be a billion of FEMA funds, twice what was requested. There would be $2.6 billion for a disaster fund that had been set up by the debt deal. And, oh, there would be pay-fors in the forms of cuts to the efficiency program, which Democrats wanted. Members of the House have been advised by Cantor that a weekend session is possible to resolve the impasse. Weekend ain't going to do it. 48 Republicans thumbed their nose at John Boehner and voted against his angry request that they stay with him. He's got nobody to lead there. He is a failed leader. And you know, it would be enough to make me cry. Want to stay up all night and rule the world? Hack Facebook, spam Twitter, and fuck up Iran? I've been up for a month and a half, burned down every firewall in the Pentagon, put a bug up Goldman Sachs ass and shaved Rick Perry Paul on his homepage. Where do I get the energy from this shiny can of hacker spat? Yeah, I'm good. That's what all the missiles I've ever learned. Hacker smack. the brain draining game changer that'll keep you up if you can keep it down. Hacker Smack is a turbocharged blend of caffeine, alcohol, St. John's Ward, ginseng, and country-style methamphetamine. Hacker Smack is a deniable byproduct of Alzheimer's Brewery, Rehab, Colorado. Yesterday, the Dow took another tumble. Why? Because the Fed predicted continuing weaknesses in overall labor market conditions and announced a plan to move about $400 billion in bonds in order to push down interest rates. World markets responded to the news. What did they do? Well, they took a tumble, too. They were down 5% because, hey, the Fed actually told the truth. And what did the Republicans do? The Republicans lit into the Fed saying, hey, don't help the economy, man. Now is the time basically to drive it down and then we can join you all when we win in 2012 and throw the not me out. Well, here's the response from a long time, very bright Republican pundit. This guy's name is David Frum. David Frum is a long time highly respected GOP operachnik, pundit. He runs a thing called the From Forum on the web. And this is a man who is a dedicated Republican. He excoriated Christine O'Donnell when she ran for the Senate, but said, if she's nominated, I'll get myself stinking drunk and vote for her anywhere because I am a Republican. Okay, here's what he says. I'm not shocked by much anymore, but I am shocked by this. The leaders of one of the great parties in Congress calling on the Federal Reserve to tighten money in the throes of the most prolonged downturn since the Great Depression. One line in the letter that, that the GOP sent to the Fed really caught his eye. It said, we have serious concerns that further intervention by the Federal Reserve could exacerbate current problems or further harm the U.S. economy. Such steps may erode the already weakened U.S. dollar or promote more borrowing by over-leveraged consumers. It's a lot of BS and from takes them to case. He says, are they serious? We are living through the most deleveraging of the American consumer since the 1930s. Some is happening more happily through the increase in the savings rate from the zero of the housing boom to about 6% now. 
even if consumers wanted to borrow, credit is just not very available to the typical person right now. That's right, David. If you're a big corporation, you can get it for almost nothing. But if you're an average guy, hey, it just ain't there. Some credit, for example, on credit cards is not cheap. In fact, the average APR on credit cards is scraping a record peak, 14.96%. There's another word for 14.9%. It's bloody usury. As anxious as investors are about U.S. personal debt, however, they are blithe to nonchalance about the U.S. public debt. Interest on that debt has sunk to record lows under 2%. The markets see deflation and depression, not inflation, as the problem. Yet, ironically, this non-existent and much-dreaded inflation is exactly the remedy we need to lighten the load of consumer debt. As is, we're looking at a continued economic slump, more unemployment, more deleveraging via continuing catastrophic consumer default on mortgages, car loans, credit cards, and student aid. And now the GOP leadership is urging the Federal Reserve make the catastrophe worse? To what end? I know what the detractors will say, says From, to the end of defeating President Obama and replacing him with a Republican president. And if you've convinced yourself that Obama is the second coming of Malcolm X, Trotsky, and the all-conquering Khalif Omar all in one, then perhaps capsizing the U.S. economy and plunging your fellow citizens deeper into misery will seem a price worth paying to rid the country of him. But on any realistic assessment of the problems faced by Americans, and not just would-be Republican officeholders, it's the recession, not the presidency, that is the national problem number one and demands the most urgent action. It won't be enough to save Obama if he does deserve saving, but it may be enough to save your neighbor's house, job, and family, or even your own. Republicans, after all, have been victims of this crisis, too. And he ends, it's an hour of national emergency, even more urgent and overwhelming than the aftermath of 9-11. And things may soon get worse if the Eurozone breaks or cracks up as it seems it may. This is the hour for united action against the economic crisis, not partisan maneuvering. Good luck, David. We are being led in the House and in the general Republican Tea Party by Ayatollahs, ideologues, people who have no care for anything else except this fabulous idea that they brought into Congress. They are being led by the nose by the economic royalists. There's no doubt about it. If you don't agree, well, all I have to say is that everything you know is wrong. This podcast may produce side effects including but not limited to explosive diarrhea, migraine headaches, a sudden urge to pee, a lack of interest in the fact that you just peed yourself, the conditions known simply as sausage fingers and or small feet, nausea, uncontrollable rage, a solid disdain for posters with kittens on them, erectile dysfunction followed by erectile overfunctioning, bloating, cotton mouth, triskaidekaphobia, jock itch, and mild jaundice. If you experience any of these symptoms for more than four hours, please consult a physician and trust us when we say that we are not legally experienced or obligated to give you this warning. Please read instructions before using or selling this product around small children as it could affect their grade point average. Our lawyers tell us that we are not aware of any evidence supporting the effectiveness of the information used in the integration of any actual marketing campaign in existence. Please do not use in the shower or while sleeping, and remember that shin pads cannot protect any part of the body that they do not cover. This product is for indoor or outdoor use only and is void where prohibited. This podcast is shown here actual size, and your mileage may vary.